0: If you're a beginner, we're not going to talk over your head. It's more like asking your buddy for help. We have guests, we have fun, and let me tell you, these two can get off on a tangent. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to HTML All The Things Podcast. This is Matt Lawrence and Mike Curran.
1: That's everybody. We are back, and this is the HTML All The Things Podcast. This episode is titled, although it's kind of a working title, it might change. Working with Junior... Developers. So, the idea behind this episode is that I want to discuss how to start working with a new developer that was just added to your team. So, it's from the perspective of you are already an established team member. I don't really care whether you're the tech lead, the team lead, whether you're just your 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 title is not junior dev, it's just dev, whatever. You're an established team member. You've been there. You know the company culture. You know everything that's going on, and you get assigned. Your team does gets assigned another junior dev, a new hire. What do you do? And so we're going to talk about how to help that junior developer sort of grow up, if you will, professionally and grow out of that junior stage and into wherever they want to be and basically the idea is how do we get this person to be a fully fledged team member just like me just like just like how you would you know whether they want to go into the tech lead whether they want to go to that in the future the goal is just to get them to be familiar and be a reliable part of the team basically so if this sounds interesting to you and you want to support the show go check us out on that patreon leave a review rating on your podcast app join us in our discord server share it with your friends and if you want to learn development your own self you can use our discount link for scrimba scrimba has an interactive media player code editor they also have free courses and like i said they have they have subscriptions which we have a discount on use our link for the discount on those you can learn how to develop things that link will be in the show description as well as the show notes on html all the things.com now you might be thinking where did this episode come from what is the inspiration behind it, if you will. And it's actually a meme that I posted a number of weeks ago, I think now. It's been a while and it just keeps going and going and going. And basically, it was a meme about toxic workplaces and how they train their junior developers through verbal force. And basically, it's a guy screaming his head off saying, use your brain, use your brain, you know, that thing in your head, use it, effing idiot, goes nuts at this person. And it's a meme, right? It's supposed to be a bit of a joke. But the comments range was crazy like i just thought that the comments would just be you know how oh haha oh, ha, or like yeah i've left workplaces like that or something like this but it kind of was this i don't know range i guess of comments from complete disbelief that toxic workplace work toxic workplace environments like that exist at all also there were some people in there that experienced it which i did expect and then there were people that it seemingly they they dish it out or they're like yeah this is how juniors learn type thing and i'm i'm Paraphrasing, you know, I'm not pointing fingers, but it was just this range of commenting that made me think, like, whoa, like this is kind of crazy. And, you know, if I were to hire a junior dev on for, let's say, Mike and my agency, how would I treat them? Because here's the thing with a junior dev if we hire a junior dev on, what's my goal with the junior dev? Like, what is the reason why for the business that I hired this person? Well, it's because I want them to be a fully fledged member at some point because they need to, you know, effectively pull their own weight. They need to do something for me. They need to be the person that does my WordPress updates, or they need to be the person that I go to, to, you know, write my PHP or person that I go to, to help me with organization or whatever. So I don't want them to be a junior or a beginner this entire time. My goal is to basically make them a member of the team, a fully fledged member of the team. And when I kind of got started getting think, thinking about this, you know, I, I could only kind of reflect on my own experiences as a new IT tech and how I grew out of sort of that beginner stage, although some would argue I, ha- I never did because it was only a number of months in co-op. But I grew from like that, you know, an absolutely green, totally new IT tech. And I grew into a person that I could, you know, I could help. I could help out people. People could g- give me tickets and I may have a few questions but the questions are informed questions and I'm able to help out the team and really sort of pull pull my own weight. Basically, I'm able to keep up even with the team's ticket numbers sometimes with some struggle as a newbie, but I'm able to be that fully fledged sort of team member. And when I was reflecting on this time that I had as, an, as a new IT tech, I kind of came to some conclusions and those conclusions include, you know, it makes sense Helping a junior developer out of the junior developer stage so that they're a more reliable team member. Now that may sound like I'm reiterating, but specifically what I'm saying is that I'm helping them do it. I'm not throwing them a task and just having them do it. I'm helping them through it. Now, you know there's time allowances and things like that that may hurt you and we will talk about that later on in the episode, but helping them out of the junior stage in, in, in other words, to accelerate them out of the junior stage and make them a reliable team member just makes them an asset to the team. So it makes sense. It does not make sense, in my opinion, to make the workplace toxic as a sort of trial by fire or sink or swim scenario. And I know that some people swear by this, and I've seen that sort of in some of the comments on this meme where it was like, well, if that's how we train our junior devs and things like that. I understand that like maybe it works for some people, but there is going to be sort of a turn a turnaround rate where some people are going to show up to work, they're going to see or experience this trial by fire, this super toxic, you know, I'm being screamed at all the time. I'm even being sworn at sometimes. I'm out of here. And that person may have been like the absolute best database architect that you just turned away because you decided to just be a complete jerk and just, you know, be really socially unacceptable to this person. And also the trial by fire, you know, maybe you're not yelling and screaming at them maybe you're just sort of like throwing them in and saying like, well, you're the new, you know, you're the new guy, you know, you got to do this and, you know, trial by fire, you know, sink or swim, figure it out. Even if you're not being sort of rude to them or swearing at them or anything, and you're just sort of like throwing them into the work that also turns people around too, because they go, man, i I've just been like, I just learned how to walk. And I've just been given a task to climb Everest. I'm out of here. And they may leave the industry completely. Some may rise to the challenge and maybe that's what you want. That's always the argument I hear. Oh, that's what I want. I want the person that rises to the challenge. That's what I'm after. But to me, it's nonsense because you can still challenge your, you know, your junior developer or like people on your team without giving them Everest. You can give them each ledge of Everest and be like, you know, see if you can figure this out if you can't, whatever. So I'm going to break this down more specifically and I have this broken down into Trial by fire, and I'm going to talk about that more in depth. I'm also going to talk about how to help out that junior dev, how to make that junior dev grow in the way that I think you should, and in two different ways trial by fire ish, which I'll get into, as well as helping the transition because it's a culture shock. It's also a social shock, and it's like, whoa, like what's going on here? And then I will touch on, as I've already mentioned, another section here reality rears its ugly head. That's talking about things like tight deadlines mismanagement and the reason why, you know, workplaces may become toxic or maybe because junior devs won't be able to get the help because you just don't have time as a fully fledged member. Your time might be monopolized by a mismanaged project. And so you just can't train them. So trial by fire is the only way.
2: The the unfortunate thing is like the last thing you said there, a lot of times developers are just way overworked. And when you're hiring for the role, the idea ideally is for that develop for the developers to be less strained. But the reality is like you have to invest a ton of time into a junior developer to get them to a point where they're going to make your workload less rather than more. Mm-hmm. And a lot of developers know this um, and a lot of hiring managers know this. And and, and they try to like, kind of work this into the schedule because they know like, hey, we're going to bring on a couple junior developers in this time. And hopefully in three months time, they're going to be productive members of the team and therefore lowering. But we know that in this three months, we're going to have to lower the amount of work that we have for you. Like there is some balancing you can do to mitigate the trial by fire and to help your development team actually properly onboard them. But a lot of times in my experience, even with best intentions, uh, just due to the fact that everyone's so stressed, it, it becomes a trial by fire. It's so unfortunate. And I wish the industry were to move away from that and to, because there's a lot of reasons for this too. Like there's a lot of really good reasons to not burn out every single person that you throw into a role and to not like, you know, only hire experienced developers, because first of all, we've already seen it. Salaries eclipse, like they they just go through the roof and then it becomes unsustainable to maintain an engineering department. And then you have massive layoffs, like you can't sustain an engineering department that's making. So much money that they're not generating enough to to proceed, right? Like there has to be a balance. Like the the engineers have to make less money than what the company is generating. When that becomes out of balance, or when your department is just not making enough, then massive layoffs happen. And there's other reasons for it and stuff like that too. And people there is greed involved there. But regardless, you need to have a pipeline of developers that maybe need that extra time, that extra focus to be able to make it more maintainable. I'm not saying, you know, drop salary drop developer salaries to the floor and make it cheap, but the reality is like it has there has to be some balance there. Uh you can't just have only senior developers on your team and expect to have a maintainable uh ecosystem. Like it's it's just going to be really difficult. It's it's a, it's a really tough balance and it needs to be maintained and I think like there's going to be a lot of stuff that we're going to talk about in this episode. That are going to be like, oh, okay, that might scare you a little bit because of the trial by fire and the reality of how often it happens. But know that it's not at every company and there are active steps and active companies that are trying to change this. Um, it's and I personally I have experience like one of my cousins is just beginning his developer journey. He's starting off as a junior developer at a company and i I thought the approach that they've given him is pretty good, like they're again it's it's fun, trial by fire ish, which is something we're gonna talk about soon, but it's it is important to push but and also provide that safety net and it's there's so many different approaches we can take it's it's a really interesting topic. I'm excited to kind of dive in further and deeper into this as we go,
1: yeah, and I, and I suppose what we'll do is we'll we'll kind of clear the elephant in the room, which is the the straight up trial by fire, not fire not fire ish like straight up trial by fire, and this is because you know some people believe that people should learn by a sink or swim method they pile work on that would be expected from a fully experienced team member they pile that onto the back of a, ju- of a new junior developer and they think okay sink or swim bud you know are you going to make it here or am i going to recommend that you you know be fired or be removed or move to another role and unfortunately you know others some people will make the situation even more extreme than the normal workload So what I mean by that is like, let's say, for example, Mike, like you're a, you're a seasoned developer, you're on the team. Let's say you're given two tickets just to make it simple. You're given two tickets, two work orders. You got to complete that by the week. Well, in the trial by fire, some people might go, well, it's the new guy. Let's give him four and see what he does. Let's make him squirm a bit. And even though he's going to be squirming under the two, because you're fully, you're seasoned and they're not now it's like, ah, let's double it up. You know, let's, let's do that. And to me, it just doesn't compute too well. Like, I know that some people will say, you know, see what this junior dev is made of. Let's see how they struggle. Are they going to work after hours? Are they going to, you know, fight all the way through it? And I get it. You know, current members of the team may feel as though it isn't their job to teach a junior dev. And this might be their way of being like, hey, we're training them. It's just sort of like an automatic training. I've assigned my four work orders to this person. Let them do whatever. Let them fight through it. Also, it's possible that the workload may be too high on other team members. And so they feel as though they don't have time to do any training. And so the, the, this trial by fire is just a way to throw some work off, even off of their backs. They might throw a couple of their tickets off and then be like, oh, the junior didn't get it done. It makes the junior look bad. Meanwhile, like, they're like, well, that wasn't my ticket. That wasn't my work order. And some believe this is also just straight up a way to weed out the week. And only those that are, quote unquote, worthy will make it onto their team. Now, I get it. There's going to be some light joking, you know, like, oh, give this crappy task that no one wants to do to the new guy. haha. Ha. And there's a little bit of joking like that and a little bit of I think they call it hazing or whatever that goes on. And if it's just a joke and it's just whatever, like, that's fine. But the problem is, is that it can easily go from a joke just straight up to a toxic workplace. So you could give somebody a whole bunch of work to do a junior developer that you give them those two to four tickets. It's way too much. But let's say you have no choice. You're in that situation. Unfortunately, this trial by fire kind of breeds a culture in which things can very quickly go toxic where you're starting to say, like, hurry up, new guy. Come on, hurry up. Let's do it. You know, you're an idiot. Why would you do it that way? I'm not going to help you. Now you're going to stay here all night and do this. It's really easy for things to turn in that direction and it's really easy for things to turn more toxic and as that culture sort of brews and as i mean we used to call it corporate rot sets in as new managers and new team leads and tech leads kind of gets cycled into the team or get promoted from within to those higher and higher roles that toxic just sort of becomes that toxic workplace just sort of becomes what happens right now i do want to be clear here that this trial by fire method there are useful parts of it it can be very good to challenge yourself and challenge team members as a way to push yourself through difficult tasks or to see what people are made of within reason. And that's what the fire ish thing is that I'm going to cover in a little bit. But to me personally, I know it works for some trial by fire, hopefully not a toxic trial by fire, but I'm against the trial by fire. I think that it's not a way to it's, it's, it's a way to turn people away even if they would have been really good assets on your team.
2: Yeah, and not not only away from your job from the job that you're giving them, but if this is their first developer job and you throw everything at them. Imagine their like confidence level when you eventually like have to fire them or, you know, lay them off or whatever immediately after they've been hired after 3 months or something like that. And that happens like again, the whole point of this trial by fire thing, I think there's like a higher higher fast fire fast approach, right? That's the mentality here. On the one hand, like I understand that like you're trying to get the right people. You're trying to give everyone a chance, but giving everyone a chance involves actually giving them a chance and not throwing them into the weeds uh, without guidance and seeing if they sink. I think a lot of times that is the indication and that is what happens. And you're not, you're, you're, you're making it so that these developers that could have had successful careers burn out quickly and go back to doing what they were doing before or try a different career because they think that, hey, if I can't make it on my first job, what are my chances here? Or become toxic themselves even.
1: And then yeah, that, that it brews that culture, right? Where they're like, well, like, like I was always, you know, I'm because as, as the person who if you did survive the trial by fire, you are now like a fully fledged team member. But now the next next junior comes in. Are you going to be nice to them? No. Here you go, new guy. Enjoy. If you if you burn out, you burn out. I don't care. That's what that's what happened to me. That's what happens to you. That's super
2: easy to perpetuate. Well, if that's the culture of the company, that's the culture of the company. Like it's not even mm. perpetu- you're 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 conforming to the standard. I would just it, it's unfortunate. Like if it's unfortunate that this happens, I've talked to a f- couple developers actually quite quite recently that have kind of gone through this and from the from my the description that they gave me and the like all like they they actually sent me a lot of like screenshots and quotes of all of their stuff. They were doing pretty successfully like they were being pretty successful. And the problem was that, like, the expectations were just way too high. Like, you're expecting a senior developer workload from a person that's just entered the industry. And they're performing at a level above what they should be performing at as a junior developer, but you're still not going to give them the chance because you're expecting them to be, you know, a $200,000 developer. While paying them $60,000 a year. Yeah. Yep. Right. Like that's what that, that's the expectation. Like what your expectation should be based on your level, like how much money you're making and how your, your level in the company, not based on just random like culture of like, Hey, let's just burn this person out and see if they can survive. It it's, it's really unfortunate. And thankfully the person was able to find another job after they've had this burnout experience and I was happy for them. But that's probably a rare case because from like the toxicity that I understood that w- what they sent over for me, I probably would have burnt out. Like I probably wouldn't have gone into my second job. I'm, I've am i been lucky that like I haven't been through a real trial by fire. I've had mentorship along the way throughout all my co- all the contracts that Matt and I've had uh, the longer term stuff, all the mentorship that I've had. Like, yes, I've had to complete tasks. Yes, I've been thrown into some of the sink or swim situations, but when you're when you're sinking, I've always been dealt a lifeline, and I've always been given that chance to prove myself the second time if I fail. Mm-hmm. which is how you have to do it. Like when you're establishing an environment of failure is, that's it, you're done, you're also limiting innovation drastically because everyone will choose the safe route every time. No one will try that new piece of technology. No one will try to do something differently because if they try it and they fail, you're fired. That's the trial by fire method. That's what you're limiting your team with. And you're you're the company, in my opinion, will fail in the end because you're not going to be able to innovate and keep up due to the, the culture of punishing failure. Everyone backstabbing each other, too. It becomes this yeah. whole
1: thing of like, well, I'm more hardcore than, the you know, the tech lead. I'm taking that role and I'm going to get some evidence on them and get them out of here. Like it can really get to that point and it can get pretty pretty serious like almost like a a, you know a corporate espionage almost tv show or like a hardcore corporate tv show where people are like smacking themselves in the face do better and stuff like that it just starts getting it's like okay (laughs) you know it's like what's going on here it's just it it gets out of control so the, the management sort of method i guess that i'm i guess coming up with but it's a really bad not a bad name but a very generic name it's just helping out (laughs) (laughs) so like that's the way that i see it and people might be like that's too soft now like hang on we're still gonna have a trial by fire section here the reason why i say helping out is because the goal of hiring this person is to help them once again grow into a fully fledged team member we needed more hands on deck we got one it's this hand is you know green it's new let's help this person grow so that I can say, hey, I'm sick, you know, hand it to the what used to be the junior dev. I'm sick, hand it to that person. But you can't do that when they're not a fully fledged member when they're still being introduced. So what can you do? First thing I have here is helping the transition. And this is broken down even further into more parts. So the first part of helping the transition is gauge where your junior dev is coming from. If they're transitioning from another office job, maybe even another office tech job, then they may not really have much of a transitionary period outside of the transition to working with the new tech. They're already aware of the office culture. They know where to sit. They know how to do emails. They know how to get uh, the, all their software set up. They've worked with IT service desks before, etc. cetera, right? So the transition is not too serious. But if they co- just come out of school this might be potentially their very first real job. They might have been, you know, institutionalized, I mean, in the school system, quite literally their entire life. They've gone from public school, maybe middle school, high school, college, college slash university, then to you. And then for you to just culture shock them, it's going to make them go like, oh my God, I chose the wrong course. <laughs> oh my God, what have I done? You yeah, I, I wrong post-secondary, I, I'm in trouble. So gauge where your junior dev is coming from and kind of You know, ask those questions and kind of figure it out. And like some of it's private and maybe they don't want to share it and that's fine. But just sort of figure out, okay, this person's fine technically, but they're a little skittish with the social aspects. They don't know, you know, if something breaks on their computer, you know, who fixes this? Do I fix it? Do I go to service? Like help them transition into where they're supposed to be. And this leads right into the next point here, which is teach the work and the team culture. So, you know, your your junior dev sits down. They're a little skittish with the tech and the environment. Let's say, for example, they sit down, their computer doesn't boot up. What happens? You know, they don't know whether to go to service desk. Maybe, maybe they, you know, they've been in college and stuff. They just used to fix their own computer. They start opening it up and it's like, no, no, no. You're You're not allowed to do that. That's a company asset. You have to give this to it, like help them transition to the work and the team culture. So instead of having your junior dev not ask any questions out of fear and just start digging into that laptop. Or maybe they're asking questions out of turn, which is something I did here, where they say, "You know, I'm working, I'm doing deep work," and then this this junior dev keeps bugging me, bugging me, bugging me. Why don't why not just teach them the ins and outs of that? Say, hey, every every day we don't have any meetings from one to three, and all the devs just work. They do their deep work. They do all their emails, whatever it is. Like it's a working period where we're not collaborating at all. So unless it's an emergency in which you need me one to three, you can't message me, you know, don't do this and that. Or sometimes it is allowed to message. This is all company and team culture stuff. Sometimes it's, Hey, don't bug me, but send me messages on our internal DMing system. And it doesn't notify me until after 3 PM. And then I'll look at them and I'll come over to your desk and we'll work through it. That is a way better way of teaching somebody the work culture. We, used, uh, we had a teacher that, that, that said, uh, professor, And said that their deep work signal was you'd put headphones on whether the music was playing or not. If the dev had headphones on, unless it was some sort of manager or an emergency, the juniors were taught right. The new hires were taught right away. You know, don't tap this person on the shoulder unless absolutely need be because they're getting in the zone and they're working on, you know, a work order or something like that. Also, this is one that I really struggled with. And I struggle with this with coding too, knowing the lines between like React and JavaScript and stuff. I always struggle with knowing my place in the company. What do I mean by that? Well, you don't want to be stepping on toes. You don't want to be accidentally doing service desk job or accidentally doing, you know, IT's job or accidentally doing the database department or the security department's job. So ensure that your junior developer on your team are aware of where they stand and where the team stands in the company. If a security issue comes up and you are not the security people don't have them, you know, Googling and all the rest of it. Say, hey, if it's security, maybe check with me. I'll confirm it's security. And then this is who you engage with. They'll get used to then engaging those other teams as needed, because if they start diving into security, I mean, I've been there in IT where you step on someone's toes and they're like, hey, what the heck's going on here? And then you kind of have to have like a little bit of a DM session with them. Where you're like, hey, man, I didn't know. I just, you know, obviously, like I work normally on my own projects or I work in school and I don't have a security department. So, you know, sorry, I accidentally took your job. You know, my bad. So if you teach like sort of the clear lines of like, this is ITs, this is securities, all that stuff, it will help. And you don't want them to understep as well. So you don't want them to go like, oh, I think this is security. This is that. Uh Oh, like, you know, and then they seem lazy, but they're not actually being lazy. They just think that they they don't want to be stepping on toes like they're already aware of that. So if you just teach them a clear and concise place where it's like, this is what we do this is what this these are what these other people do it's going to help a lot and proprietary company methods is something that absolutely drove me nuts working in an office and the reason why is because all companies are organized and do things a little bit different internally and it's not googleable i can't google hey i'm working at you know tech company whatever <laughs> and I need to know how they handle their work orders when it's like a sev one incident or is it even sev one who do I call like no, that's not a googleable thing so really like help them do this and and when I say help you know maybe you have some documentation where it's like hey if you have a security ticket you call this person that's just on a you know on, on a team wiki or something it doesn't mean that you have to keep constantly going over there so here's a couple of examples of things that are not googleable that happen commonly behind closed doors The company may have a specific way that they'd like their tickets filled out and responded to. Maybe the person you're working with has worked with Jira or worked with whatever other ticket software, Spiceworks, whatever, out there. They've worked with it before, but they just fill it out the way that they were taught before. But your team in your company has a specific way. Teach them that. With programmers specifically, pull requests might be done in a particular way. Maybe they're done, maybe they have to be submitted by a certain time and someone always documents them all and then... Someone the next morning will check the documented ones. And if they miss the deadline, then they have to go to the next day. That's not something they can Google. Pull requests, if from a, a technical standpoint, don't go, well, I have to be done by three. Like they don't have an opinion. Pull requests are just a pull request. So teach them the procedure. And a final example here, commit messages. I used to have to write commit messages in a way where I, t- I tagged it with my name or my initials, Matt or ML, whatever. But sometimes people want you to tag it with the type of work, like info, if it's something like you've changed documentation, dev, if you've developed something, fix or IT, if you've, if you've fixed a technical problem, so things like that. So like these are things that you, that you can, you can have a junior dev stall out on for days or hours or have to keep redoing their work because you haven't taught them the internal procedures. It's just going to make things way smoother. And you're going to sort of mitigate many of the logistical problems. And then you're just going to be left with the technical problems because they're obviously a junior developer and they're they're new to coding. So why would you want logistical and technical problems? You don't. So try to mitigate whatever you can. And this is a way to do the logistical.
2: Yeah, I, th- I think you, you hit a nail on the head on a lot of these. And one thing that I would add is as if you're the mentor or if you're the senior developer that's mentoring these junior developers. Their first few weeks are very crucial. Um a lot of it's going to be onboarding stuff, but a lot of it is also going to be figuring out everything, figuring out again t- the work culture, team culture. They're not going to know how to interact. They're not going to know when to ask questions. And a lot of times they just usually junior developers will wait a little bit too long to ask questions. We teach we teach in our like podcast that as soon as you have like, you know, 20 30 minutes of time invested in something and you haven't figured out the answer, a lot of times it, it is okay to ask that question right away, right? Like as you grow in seniority, that time might grow a little bit higher. But as a junior, you want to ask questions more frequently, write down the answers. Well, not every junior is going to understand that. And that's not really their fault. They're not taught that. So as the senior, I would very much encourage you in the first couple of weeks, especially to check in on them pretty often, rather than just giving them like hours upon hours or even days for them to struggle through something without check-in. Check in on them like four or five times a day. Just be like, yeah, like stop by their desk or ping them on Slack and be like, hey, everything okay? I have I have a few minutes now if you need some help to jump on a call and be willing to do that, be willing to approach the situation as you're going to be helping them these first few weeks, especially you're going to be you're going to it's going to take you some extra time. Yes, allocate that time. Not every time they're going to need help. So, you know, that you're going to be able to still get your work done. But when they do need it, hop on that call with them, pair program, show them something. Be available is really the cusp of it. Be available to them in their first portion of of working. That's going to help them accelerate all these things that Matt's talking about. Like it's going to help them know the work culture because they'll know to come to you to ask questions. It's going to teach them their place in the company because they're going to understand how you're doing things and how all, all the systems are in place they're going to be able to see all this stuff live from you and you're going to be the and you're going to be the one encouraging them to ask these questions as well I, I i would be more concerned with a developer that isn't willing to ask those questions like so like let's say in the first few weeks of onboarding i go up to them 5 times a day and ask them if they need anything and they say no every single time that would be 10 times more concerning to me than if they were to ask me a question every single time So that's the kind of mentality, both from the mentor and the mentee that we should want. And I I just wanted to kind of like emphasize that if you're listening to this and you're joining a team, ask those questions. It shows that you're invested. It shows that you want to complete your tasks. It shows that you're not willing to waste the company's time. You've got this. A hundred
1: percent, because the thing the thing is, is that it's almost like they're getting themselves into trouble if they're not asking questions. And then, you you know, you go back and forth a few times and then a couple days in, you're like, OK, show me what you're doing. <laughs>
0: exactly. Like, like
1: you, you have to go digging, like show me what you're actually doing, because like maybe it's amazing. But like, can I see that you're doing something good first before I trust this type thing? So like absolutely. So it just saves you from digging and um obviously saves them a bunch of time if they are doing something wrong. They have to go back and redo it. <laughs> I get I've been in the situation of the person that didn't ask questions and then uh, <laughs> caused an absolute uproar in the team. Oh yeah, not good. Not not a good feeling. But uh, I mean, it happened, and it uh, I learned from it, I guess. Uh, well, I did, but it didn't feel good. Moving uh, <laughs> on to the trial by fire ish. So this is another way to help out your junior developer. And it might think you might be like, ah, man, like that's dumb. Like you're talking about trial by fire, and you don't like trial by fire. But trial by fire ish, like what is this? And what this is is really. A way to push or challenge more specifically, challenge the junior dev on the team, get them to learn their strengths and weaknesses, but do so in a sort of a safe or as safe as possible environment. So I've broken up the trial by Fireish into separate sections as well. And the first one is assign useful but not pertinent tasks. So what you what my opinion you should do is you should assign the junior developer tasks that will allow you, the established member, to see their strengths and weaknesses so you can gauge where they are overall. A useful way to do this is to assign them tasks that, if completed successfully, will actually truthfully be helpful to the team. But if they don't complete it successfully, it won't affect the team negatively. This is for the very first few tasks because eventually they are going to do things that may affect the team negatively. So, for example, A task that is a few months out that the team isn't planning on touching soon at all may be a great task for a junior who is slower and may fail to attempt it because if all their work is scrap, the team wasn't going to touch it yet anyway, so it's not on the agenda. If their work is slow, well, it's it's a ways out and maybe they did great and you can help them, that's their weakness, help them with their pace and there's a lot of time allotted to it. So once somebody comes up and goes, okay, you know, it's time to bring in, you know, work order one. That's what the, that's what the junior is working on. Where are they at? Oh, they're half done. Okay. Let's check their work. Okay. So they'll probably finish the other half by the deadline, but they've gone two times too slow. So how do we, how do we help their pace? Now you you know what to help them with their pace. If they're going super fast and it's all messy, you go, okay, maybe you need to slow down. These are things that you can kind of gauge. And if they complete the task, perfect great. Now the team doesn't have work order one to do anymore. It's done. It's go over with, and they've positively reinforced or positively affected the team, saved them some work. And that's just, that's going to be a confidence booster for sure.
2: So with this, with this one, I, I agree. Um, but there's another method you could also do. Uh, I, I I like the like the, the, the task that's not super pertinent and that's not super important. That's not going to sink the company for sure. 100% there. One thing that I do like to do with developers that join my team is I give them a task that isn't pertinent for sure, but is something that's an impact that could be immediately seen in production even. For instance, it's small, usually something like, hey, we need to change the buttons on this page. Something again, from a front end perspective, that's like some CSS, maybe some text change, right? Very small task, but it's not about the size of the task it's not about like how you know uh, how small it is and wh- whether it's insignificant or not. The idea with these smaller tasks is twofold. one, they'll learn the structure of the code to change the text of a button in a large code base could be a-, a task in itself because you have to find out, hey is this you know, is this code base have multiple languages? So you have to change the the label of that in multiple languages so you have to find where the language files are. Does this have, uh, a different way of loading t- strings, like a different way of loading text. How do I? Wh- where do I change the styling? Is this Tailwind? Is this a different style system and all that? All of that can be learned through a really small and simple task. That's not going to sink the team. Like if the, if if this stuff isn't changed, then a senior developer can go in and help you with that and change it within you know a couple minutes. But it does teach them something right away, right? That's one thing, and it teaches them the flow of the code base without a high risk task. The second thing that it does is that they see their results almost immediately in production.
1: Mm, And that's a huge
2: motivating factor for a junior developer or a new developer on a team. When they can see that they've made an impact that has helped with the company, with the project right away, they will be more than willing to like continue. Like it gets the ball rolling regardless of how small the task is, right? Just finishing a task on the board, like on a JIRA board, putting in that status into done is a huge motivation booster. And I've had good success with that. Like the last three developers that I've onboarded, they haven't been juniors to be fair. So I don't have a huge experience onboarding junior developers yet, but I would still approach it in the same way. Maybe make the tasks even easier for the junior dev. Like I said, with the button tasks, text or the CSS styling, but that's probably how i go about it because I've seen really good results of them being like really happy. And I usually, what I'll usually follow that up with is like a public kudos being like, Hey, this developer that just got here today was able to put a push, a push to production today and have a task completed. And then the whole team is like, Ooh, that's awesome. And all that. And that that's, that's kind of like, it, it is awesome because you've already contributed. Like this isn't like a fake awesome. It's a real thing that you've actually done. It's just, you're able to give them that direction and you're able to do it in a way that's not dangerous to the project and all that. Like it, it, it does take some effort from the, senior senior developers or hiring people and stuff like that it's not easy to do but it does help
1: i i like the instant feedback that that that's very true because i i think i would imagine anyway even myself if i joined a company i'd be like man like my mark is not going to be on this product for potentially months or years and to already see your mark i know it's a you know a box shadow or a color or something but even then it's sort of like oh cool like i changed this button around that's interesting It's also one of the reasons why people get into web development is because it's so visual, whereas something like, I mean, we discussed this, but Python doesn't have a UI sort of natively, but web development is, you know, heavily based around its UI and then also the servers behind it. So that instant feedback is one of the motivators to become a web developer. So that that's a good that's a good call. I like that. The next thing here in the trial by Fireish, figure out how they learn. Now, this is time consuming and maybe challenging for some teams to balance. But if you can figure out how your junior dev learns the best by investing some initial learning time with them, you can help speed up the learning process by directly teaching the way that the junior learns best. Again, this is something that may be out of scope for a lot of teams with deadlines looming. Um, but I do know that some places will have like a training officer or something like that, where they have someone that does onboard or someone that um, someone that does board or someone that literally comes from a training team and goes to your team and helps train. So that would be something maybe that if time allows, this would be ideal. Because some people are example-based learning. That's how they learn. Some people like to read a written guide and then they can apply it really easily. Some people need help all the way through once, but then they're able to extrapolate very well. That's that's me. I'm example and extrapolate well. Once I get it a couple of times, I'm like, okay, now I can build on this, build on that, build on this, build on that. But I get kind of paralysis when I don't have a thought, like when I think when I when when my thoughts stop because I don't have context yet. I'm like, oh, 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 what do I do? (laughs) And I don't know what to do. But again, seeing it once, I can go, oh, extrapolate, extrapolate, extrapolate. And then I, you know, slowly but surely learn new tasks or actually rather rapidly. Last thing here is challenge your junior devs. This is the trial by fire is really kind of being wrapped up. You can't handhold somebody forever. You will need to let them go and prove themselves at some point. And in my opinion, the best way to do this is to give the junior dev challenges that they have a good chance of rising to, but still may fail at. But with a safety net, it's in some sort of controlled environment. So that means that you shouldn't be giving them a huge deployment to do on their own. Hey, it's Friday. Enjoy. If you screw it up, you're going to be here all weekend. That's trial by fire. That's not what we're going to do here. It's going to be like Mike said. Hey, let's let's do a deployment on changing this button from green to blue. That's cool, right? Maybe you're giving them a huge task that the whole team relies on, even though they will, or excuse me, even though that they will likely fail and be ridiculed for it. So you absolutely should not do that. If you you know if if you give them something like like that deployment on Friday. If something goes horribly wrong on Friday night or Saturday, and then the whole team's going to be like, oh, you're like, you know, now we're here on the weekend, like way to go, new guy, like you're an idiot and blah, blah, blah. You don't want that. So these are things that you should not be doing. And last thing you should not be doing is expecting for everything to be perfect so that the team can move on to the next thing. So instead of being instead of like relying on the new guy right away, again, you're you're, you're building this person from junior to just sort of dev to establish member. So you don't want to rely on them yet because they're not reliable yet. You have to figure out what you what you want to rely on. So just, again, give them a safety net. Give them something where maybe somebody sits with them and they go, okay, let's do the deployment, even if it's a high stakes one. We'll do it on a Monday. So we're not messing anyone's weekend up. We're going to wait and see. I have like my friend here, you know, like a senior dev here. Something goes wrong and, you know, database is wrong. Okay, good. Good. Now there's some experience gain on what to do. They're not just like hitting escape and freaking out, trying to cancel their deployment. It's like the the senior dev is like, oh yeah, this has happened before you press this button. You do this, you do that. A guided sort of thing. And in my opinion, also challenges like this aren't just one and done. They should increase with the skill of the dev. And this is hard to do though, because sometimes you will outpace or underpace their skill, but hopefully you're able to sort of figure out where they're at and figure out a scale that works for them, where you're like, okay, let's try a deployment. Okay, now let's try like a bigger deployment. Okay, now let's try a big change with a testing environment and then a deployment. Things like that. Just sort slow of slowly kind of building them up. And don't try to like just dump them off a, <laughs> dump them off a cliff because that's trial by fire, not fire-ish. My sort of, I guess, overarching kind of sentence for trial by fire-ish is think of this as a trial by fire straight up, but with a huge safety net underneath. Where you're just sort of like, okay, like you can get jump, like go and jump, but like, you know, you got a bungee cord attached to you, or you got a safety net down there, and you're gonna you're gonna be good to go no matter what basically happens because we're ready for it. And then after all this, final section of the show here, reality rears its ugly head. And this is something that is just a reality. We're just gonna touch on a little bit of this because I've obviously been talking about this for quite a while. But sometimes helping a junior developer in this way, in the trial by fire-ish way is not possible because tight deadlines on the entire team, extremely high workloads. Those two things go hand in hand. Sometimes the team is just absolutely bogged down. They're working like crazy. They can't keep up. And sometimes I know, like I mean, many workplaces, including ones that I have worked at in the past. One of the rules was you can't say you're busy. You're not allowed to say you're busy. Oh, like I'm busy. I can't do that. That's not allowed. Like you have to work on the workload that you're given. But some t- like, but there is a limit, you know, there does come a limit and that's why new hires do come in. And so you may be in a situation in which you have an absolutely crazy workload with crazy, crazy deadlines. A junior gets added to your team to help with it, but there's just literally like literally no time before or after work to help this person. And that sucks. And that's, that's one of those, one of those realities. Also company culture, the entire company may believe in a trial by fire, as I mentioned before. They may think, oh, this is great. And so, you know, just push the push the juniors, you know, off the cliff. If they figure it out, they figured out if not, we'll get rid of them and we'll get new ones. That's a very leadist way to handle it. I've talked about this throughout the episode, but that is something that may actually happen. So if you, the training officer or whatever you want to call yourself, if you're supposed to be training this person and the company's like, no, 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 you don't you don't help them. You put you give them a task, and if they don't do it, they're in trouble. I mean, if that's what you have to do. Then that's what you have to do. So the company culture as a reality may end up screwing you over, even if you're trying to do fire-ish versus trial by fire. Also, you may be assigned to train a junior dev, but the tech lead above you may tell you exactly how to do that. So this plays into that company culture where the tech lead might be like, here's the materials you give them. Just make sure they get all their materials, but don't let this interrupt any of your tickets. Don't let them, don't let them take any of your time. Okay, I guess that's it then, you know, maybe you can give some pushback, but if the boss said, the boss said, like, what are you going to do, right? And finally here, competition in the workplace, especially amongst layoff season, which is kind of the case right now as of recording this, can make people stand offish to new team members, leading established members to want the new guy to fail, or to use them as a way to prove that they themselves are, you know they're they're the reliable one you know i i've been here for a year i'm the reliable one you know they're they're doing poorly look at how many tickets they failed and it's almost like giving themselves like a fake sense of job security or it's like you know how kind of like one of the the, the ways to sort of stand out in corporate i've heard is like to be the loudest where you know everyone you know did did that type of ticket before but if you were like man that was a real war that was crazy and you do that in front of the manager they're like man this guy's going to war for us this guy's going nuts. Uh, that might happen here for job security where they're going to be like, Hey,
0: look at that idiot. He, uh, he failed
1: four of his eight tickets and my seven of mine are great. Seven out of eight of mine are great. I've been here forever. I should be thinking. Wh- why don't we lay off that guy type thing that can happen. And that's also some toxic tech company culture. But I mean, there's some toxic stuff that happens in the cubicles. Like it's, <laughs> it's not good <laughs> sometimes, but that's it. That's my whole sort of gist with working. With junior developers, I, I'm hoping they come up with a more uh, more informative name than that for the episode. But that's the episode name right now. If you have any uh, opinions on this, like I'm sure Michael will maybe even will add a comment. But I'd love to hear like the community's ideas because Mike had a great idea on like you know what task to give a junior dev. I'd love to hear your opinions and whether you think like Trial by Fire is great, whether you think I'm a fool, whether you think my my opinions are good, whatever. Hit me hit me up. I'm on the Instagram. You can DM me. And uh, Mike, did you have anything else to add before we run at the old conclusion?
2: No, I think you've you've kind of nailed it. But uh, just just to reiterate a little bit on the fact that, hey, if this is happening to you and you're putting put through trial by fire, um, there's not much you can do as a junior developer to stop it. Try your best and don't let it burn you out. I guess that's my real thing is like other jobs won't do this. Just know that like this, this is your per. this is. This is a edge case. It's not every job. So try again. If they're if you're going to get laid off after three months or something like that through a trial by fire approach, just go back at the workforce, go back at it, start applying. And the next job might not do that. So, yeah, that's that's my only, uh, I, you know, don't don't let it get you down too much because it's, it's brutal and it's, you know, the, the percentage of people that can get through it are probably pretty low. Don't worry about it.
1: Well, it's also, again, I, I, I and just as a closing note, like I, I've said this before is I've been told, you know, if it's BS now and that's at the beginning, yeah. if it's BS now and you get through it, I mean, isn't it going to be BS later? And it's like, do you really want to live in the BS? Maybe for a little bit to get the money, you know, pay your rent or whatever you got to do, but like, you know, get a plan and get the hell out of there kind of thing is basically, basically my closing note on that. And that's it. Again, reach out to us on the socials if you have any different opinions. Mike's on the Twitter. I'm on the Instagram. Remember, we are on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash HTML. All things. Check out the tiers. Give that a go. Many thanks to our $3 tier patrons. Ryan Gatchel from Blue Black Digital on blueblackdigital.com. Tim from The Web Hacker on the WebHacker.com. Jason from Geek Life Radio via geekliferadio.com. Michael Curie from MC Web Studio via mcwebstudio.ca. Magnus from YesWeb via yesweb.se. Jeff from Twitter via kale Fire Ant Season via fireantseason.com. Gunner Burnett via, Coding via Coding.com. Garrett's a Goal and Level Up Financial Planning via www.levelupfinancialplanning.com. And remember, we also have a Scrimba discount link for their subscriptions. If you want to sign up for a subscription with Scrimba, you can get a discount if you use our link. That link will be in the show notes as well as the show description if your podcast app supports hyperlinks. And as a final shout out here, we'd like to give a shout out to contributing author on htmlallthethings.com, Michael Laraca. He is the author of the Self-Taught the X-Generation blog at selftaughttxg.com feel free to leave a comment or review in the platform you're listening to this on and this outro will sign us off
0: you've been listening to html all the things podcast web development web design and small business we hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show and we hope you appreciate that we talk to you like human beings and we hope you had some fun we'll be back soon but in the meantime hit us up on social media on Facebook Instagram and patreon at HTML all the things and on Twitter at HTML everything until next time this is HTML all the things. Signing off.